<laughs> wow, that is a full 45 degree head tilt. I, I oh, do- okay. That is a thing you just <laughs> said. <laughs> Episode 410. It's a podcast. I'm Mike. And I'm Josh, aka the Mirthquake. <laughs> Welcome back, Mirthquake! How's it going? Going fine. Yeah, as I was telling Mike, that that was a, a statement made. So my long-running D&D character is a tiefling warlock named Mirth. And someone referred to her as the Mirthquake in a recent <laughs> session. And I, fr- I had forgotten until logging on with Mike that I changed my display name to that. <laughs> so... That makes me curious to know what exactly did she do that? Well, in general, uh, so she's a tiefling warlock, but like I mostly use melee range stuff. Like she runs in and is on the front lines with the fighter. Uh, And she is also the most likely to attack first Uh, has been a running theme uh, of the campaign. Was there a specific attack though that, generated mirthquake i i think uh i i think when he said it so we were in kind of uh it it was kind of the final fight before a bit of a break in the campaign uh and and so for for some context as i've recently mentioned like i'm big into common writer and so a lot of mirth's theming is common writer based And I had been given a special ability by the DM that had like a one in four chance, like roll a D4, depending on the number it does something. One of the options was to summon summon a steed, which in her case was a motorcycle she could charge into people with. (laughs) Uh, And so since it was such a significant battle, I was like, can I just do the motorcycle without the roll since I haven't gotten it yet? And I think that was when uh, our bard coined that phrase. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, we were talking about uh, our Zoom name, or Josh's Zoom name, and interesting idiosyncrasies with using Zoom at work and headsets and how certain headsets have more range than others and how you can, you know, turn your video off in your work meeting and go... Uh, make a sandwich or do your laundry. <laughs> my, my work actually generally uses uh, Microsoft Teams more than it does Zoom. Yeah. Zoom seems to come up more for like, you know, uh, third party teleconference type stuff. Sure. My work uses Teams too, but nobody, we have it, but no one uh, really seems to use it. It's very rare when we do use it. Yeah, it's the more regular thing for us. I like 
my impression is no one really likes teams at least for video conferencing like it seems to work fine for document sharing and whatnot but like the video conferencing it can be kind of hit hit and miss i had a um a meeting was it this past week it wasn't like a real meeting it was like a i don't want to it'll take too long to to explain but it was like a fun meeting with work people during Mm. lunch (laughs) yeah my job's been doing some of those and uh thank god it was just with the people um that i know but uh i i used my my mac i just went on the sofa and because i was eating lunch and i log in um or i didn't log in i just clicked the link in the email and it opened up the zoom app um which i was logged in as on my work account but i had i was explaining to josh i had um paid for zoom on the nerdburger account for the stuff we did back in november and with multiple people and i had accidentally forgotten to cancel that and paid for a month that i didn't need and i had finally remembered to go cancel it but i did it on this laptop so i had logged into the nerdburger account in the browser (laughs) and interesting thing and i don't know if this works on windows too or if it's just a feature for mac but if you're logged in on um, a different account in the browser than you are in the actual zoom app um, when you click the link in the email it goes up to the browser and then comes back down to the app and overwrites the login with the login that you have in your browser. So when I logged into my meeting, it came I came up as Nerdburger. And people were like, what the hell is Nerdburger? And I'm like, never mind, wait, never mind, I'm changing my name quick. And it took, you know, I had to wait until at, you know, after the meeting before I, I figured out exactly what had happened. Because I'm I'm looking at the app, the Zoom app, the application, the program that is installed on the computer that it is using, well, and I'm well, logged you would in. Click through from the bl- browser. I clicked through from email. Which okay. Apparently, it goes pings up to a browser because it opens a browser window for Zoom that then prompts you to open the app, and then it opens the app, and and because it went through that extra step, it somehow picked up the account name from the one I was logged into in the browser. Oops. Interesting. <laughs> like, okay, I'm never doing this again. I'm just going <laughs> to stay at my work from home desk and not try to lounge on the sofa. <laughs> see see that I haven't had I haven't had that kind of issue just because like I do have a work laptop. Well, so do like I. I haven't <laughs> I I have an L desk so I have like I'm on my home laptop right now and then my work laptop is set up on the other arm of the L. Yeah. No, I have mine's plugged into a hub which is then all the, you know, I have t- you know monitors and keyboard and a bunch of stuff plugged into that, the ethernet cuz the Wi-Fi doesn't quite reach through the wall into that room. At least it does it does okay like for all the work stuff I need to do which seems just, it boggles my mind that I can work in these 3D models, <laughs> these architectural 3D models that are, you know, 300 megabytes, and it can be constantly pinging back and forth up into the cloud and saving my work and capturing other people's work and bringing it back into my model. And and it does that fine over my medium Wi-Fi through the wall, but a Zoom meeting... <laughs> It'll start crapping out. 
Um, have you considered, like, they can be pricey, but have you considered a mesh router uh, to improve your coverage? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm waiting until the thing that I have dies and I need to replace it. That makes sense. And then, and then has, I'll go mesh. Has I been using the built-in Wi-Fi on my, um, my provider device? Uh, device and like obviously that has limitations i had to power cycle it a lot and then i eventually got a mess i have a a fairly sizable house for one device to cover so i had gotten a, a uh, the the google mesh router set up i'd like now i basically get full speed from any point in the house oh cool is that the the nest brand uh they they put out just the google wi-fi before they switched the mesh router to the the nest uh, branding so i basically have the gen 1 google version and then the the nest wi-fi is the gen 2 got it now i have a um apple time capsule which is the airport router with a hard drive in it interesting so i've got you know, the laptop backs up to that. And I don't want to undo that <laughs> if I don't no, have that, to. <laughs> that That's fair. You, you don't want to mess with what works. It's the right. same reason. Because, like, I really want to upgrade to has fiber, AT&T fibers available in my area now. Nice. But I have, I have the normal AT&T DSL, and it works. Yeah. And so there, there's always that fear of messing up something that works for something you don't know about. <laughs> Yeah, we. I keep waiting for AT and T fiber or anyone's fiber to come to my area. I don't know why. Everyone who lives around me has it. <laughs> like literally, you can go, you know, two or three miles in any direction, and everybody has fiber. I mean, yeah, I would have like, expected you would have gotten access before I did, given your your general location. Yeah, I know. I, I'm not sure why I live here now. <laughs> <laughs> can't even get fiber what's up with that well not only can i not get it but it you know like i said drive five minutes in any direction and everyone has it it's like why are we in this isolated dead zone of no fiber what is wrong with this area that they can't bring fiber here or that it's the last area that it's coming to and i really should just bite the bullet and do it because i'd basically be paying less for much greater speeds than what i am now yeah we're getting um raked over the coals with our Comcast or Xfinity or whatever the hell they call themselves. Yeah, my, I mean, my pr- price for the normal DSL is not bad. It's just with the fiber, you get a lot more speed for more or less the same monthly right. rate. Now that we would actually get, because I would get rid of the TV. Because we've got an, a, a, you know, a grandfathered TV and cable plan that I don't want to mess with, but that keeps going up like every three months in price. Yeah, but Comcast is the only thing that has decent speeds. If I, the only other thing that I can get here is AT and T Uverse, which is I think is that the same thing you have. But they're yeah, even, basically they're limited. It's um to fifty megabits, which is yeah. I think I think I'm on about a um the highest available in my area last time I upgraded was a twenty four megabit plan, which for when it was just me, it was fine. We are using a lot more now that I have a roommate again, so like that's the other thing kind of driving yeah consideration of the upgrade 
Plus she, plus she really wants to do video game streaming online, which my upload is nowhere near fast enough uh, to, to do anything at a decent quality in that realm. Yeah, that's, that's the other good thing about fiber is the upload speeds. Yeah. Because at some point, the download speeds are just, <laughs> you know, it's like it's overkill for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, no, 24 has been plenty for most of what I've thrown at it. But yeah, the upload is definitely a limiter at this point, especially with two people. Yeah, I think we started around 24. It might have been 18 when we moved in here 12 years ago, and it's slowly creeped up. It's at like 150 now. Yeah, I I know they have faster DSL speeds available in my area now. But it, it requires newer equipment, and if I'm getting new equipment, I might as well let them run the fiber at that point if I do upgrade again. Right. And if it were a one-to-one switch, like to go from Comcast to AT&T and dump the TV and just have the internet, if they had a 150 megabit plan, I would do it. But I'm not downgrading by one-third to 50 yeah, see, my, my cable option in the area is Charter, uh, I guess it's called Spectrum now, but like, I used them back when I lived in apartments in the area, and that was such a mess to deal with, like, I just refused to even consider giving them business again. Yeah. Well, the only way that we're going to get a deal with them is if we turn it off and then come back as a new customer. Because they won't, or they, or go through the trouble of like getting on the phone with them and threatening to walk away and right, be that's willing the other to follow thing. through on it, right? Which we can't because now we're tied to having home internet for work. Yeah. <laughs> like before, it was like I don't want to deal with the hassle, and now it's like I can't. You can't deal with that. Yeah, I can't. I can't. It really is a bluff to threaten to to leave because I can't. <laughs> yeah can't do everything on your phone even as good as those are nowadays yeah let's see what's happening in the in the world today do you want to do news sure let's talk some news what's news josh <laughs> I was about to say, only real news I have is personal news. I finally got a hold of an Xbox Series X, the oh. uh, the, the new Xbox console. GameStop uh, had a, a drop of some stock on their website yesterday and took a couple of tries, but I managed to grab one. How long have they been available, technically, for purchase, theoretically? <sighs> <laughs> the system came out, it was like late, like, like October-ish time frame. That's what I thought, yeah. Uh, but, but they sold out immediately, and there's been some like new stock trickling out here and there. GameStop's been the most consistent at, at putting out new stock. Uh, so I was on their email list. But, but like they're doing everything like bundled with games or extra controllers or whatnot. So I was like kind of figuring out like what I would accept and what I wouldn't. And they've put out a bundle with a game I was planning to get anyway. And it's like, I'll, I'll do this. Why not? Cool. So does that, do your previous games work with that or do you, you have to buy all new ones? They, they don't do that uh, anymore now, right? They let, they, they, they let you use your old games, right? 
Yeah, uh, <laughs> as I understand it, there they got. I don't know if everything works a hundred percent right, but like supposedly you can play pretty much any Xbox game of any generation. Okay. On it, uh, some you have to purchase digitally through them, but like all my Xbox One discs should work on it uh, if I'm understanding properly. Uh, and like all my saves should carry over and that sort of thing. Wait, have you received it yet, or you just haven't tried those games? Uh, I I've I got in to be able to order the system, but but the t- shipping time frame was like uh, I think it was like February fifteenth. Oh wow! So like okay. they they were taking orders for stock they were getting. So you've got one coming, but it's going to yes. be a few weeks yet. Yep. But I very much look forward to it. Can you play? Um, can you play that uh, uh, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven on that? Or is that one of the things it doesn't work on? Because apparently there's a lot of things it doesn't work on. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I actually do have it, um, but I haven't. After hearing the reviews, I'm kind of because the Xbox Series X version isn't available yet, but okay. you can run the Xbox One version on, on the Series X for the time being, and supposedly it's doesn't have the problems on there to the degree it does on the the other consoles. PlayStation, I think, was the the big one, the big problem. Yeah, well, anyway. Yes, I mean, PlayStation's the one where they were actually like, we're going to remove this from our right. digital yeah, yeah, store. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You, can't, you can't get it anymore. So that was, uh, what was that? It was the PlayStation 4 that it, it didn't work on because they hadn't, they, they didn't come out with the, the version that worked on the natively on the PlayStation 5 yet. Well, has basically they don't have the Xbox Series X or PS5 native versions. If you're playing it on those systems, you're playing the previous right. gen version, the the PS4 and the Xbox One okay. versions, which are where all the problems are. Um, and I guess the beefier hardware is able to handle those problems better, but it was just, it sounds like it was very poorly optimized for for. <laughs> that gen of hardware and it's just been nothing but trouble i think the comment that uh that uh guest host jim made was what what didn't you test this (laughs) like it was that bad yeah no and they they kind of they're one of those developers that because the scope of their games is so big they tend to have a lot of of bugs when their stuff first comes out but like this is the worst it's ever been with them yeah. to my knowledge that's what it sounded like oh, yeah it so- sounds like they were basically rushing it out the door because of their investors yeah you want to talk food Got some food news here. Ooh, <laughs> this is this is kind of old. I've been saving this for a while, but it's a uh, it's t- it's too good to pass up. The news, anyway, not the actual food item. <laughs> <laughs> McDonald's in China had released a new burger with spam and Oreos. <laughs> Wow, that is a full forty-five degree head tilt. I, I oh, just... okay, that is a thing you just <laughs> said. <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, it's a sesame seed bun, and it's got it looks like two 
slices of spam and then a bunch of crumbled uh, Oreo on top of it. I really don't see any Oreo filling. I just see like the cookie part of the it's Oreo. It's just that, yeah, yeah. Um, but then to make up for the fact that you're missing that bright white uh, of the Oreo filling in there, they've gone and and slathered on a a incredibly thick layer of mayonnaise. <laughs> because of course you want mayonnaise on your Oreo cookies. What? So I I watched this web show uh, called Good Mythical Morning in which they have created some food abominations, and I'm not sure anything they've done sounds as bad as that does. (laughs) (laughs) Or looks as bad as this does. Have you, uh, here. I just put in Oreo and Oreo spam burger was one of the first results that came up. Uh, are are, yeah, are looked, you looking at it? That that looks yeah. horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> Only thirteen uh something and fourteen something. Thirteen point fourteen um Chinese dollars. Whatever those are. Yep. That that that'll give me nightmares. Which not knowing the conversion rate, um, still seems like way too much. Well, especially because it's not like spam is particularly expensive. This isn't high grade <laughs> beef or something, or even beef. <laughs> oh wow, is the McRib still available? Because <laughs> this this is making the McRib seem um, much more appetizing, even to people who probably don't like the McRib. And I like the McRib. I have had three so far. <laughs> since they've been back yeah speaking of food not this isn't really news but um how how is your uh english muffin enjoyment going <laughs> uh, it, it's been going all right uh j- just been uh mostly using them toasting them for uh for breakfast sandwiches with some egg and cheese lately wait you are toasting them now i do sometimes yeah okay yeah, I made, uh, last weekend I did, I don't know what made me think of this, but, uh, I've been eating English muffins every day, <laughs> pretty much since we talked about it the last time, which is months ago now. And was it a Kevin question that spurred this on the toasting or not I, toasting? I think so. Yeah. And, and you surprised us all by telling us that you prefer non-toasted. Well, anyway, I've been trying different English muffins. Like I said, I've been I've been eating them every day. Last weekend, I did I made um, egg and cheese McMuffins for myself, like one each day, Saturday and Sunday. Like I said, I don't know why it just occurred to me. Hey, I have all the parts. I can do this. Yeah, I can't remember what brand it was, but like one of the brands Kroger carries has a sourdough English muffin that is usually my favorite. I've ha- I ha- I've had that one. I bought it. It's the Kroger brand, I think. It, yeah, it might be. I wasn't sure, so I didn't want to say. Was it the the bag with the blue label? Yeah, because the, the their regular is the red label. I actually bought them by accident. <laughs> I just reached and grabbed. And didn't didn't pay attention to the color of the label and came home and I'm like, oh no, Allison's not going to like these because she doesn't like anything sourdough. Um, but I do. So I got to eat all of them, which was nice. Didn't have to worry about sharing. Nope. Um, 
those are good. I like the the Kroger brand. Obviously, Thomas's is a uh, the. I I will say just in general, Kroger brand is like killer on most things I've tried it with. Oh yeah, I I don't I can't think of anything I've been disappointed on. The best, um, my favorite English muffin though so far is the Whole Foods three sixty five brand. Have you had those? I, I I have not no uh, no Whole Foods on this side of town. Oh, okay, that's unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. I, I I've I'll since it's close to the office, I'll get to the one downtown, like the big huge one, every once in a great while. But for the most part, like Whole, Whole Foods is not a thing I have much opportunity to check out. Allison likes to get fresh produce there. That's pretty much it. See, my favorite place for produce is um, there's a Korean grocery chain called Nam Dai Moon, uh, and they have a store near here and like has the best and the best priced produce section I have ever seen. Interesting. And they've got all the, the regular stuff plus. Plus a lot of like the extra stuff you expect at like an international kind of market. Nice. Ooh, hmm. I'll have to. Is that a chain or is that just a, a, a one location? Uh, Nam Dai Moon's like H Mart. It's like a chain of Korean grocery stores. I'm gonna have to look to see if there's one near me, because we like all that kind of baby bok choy and all that weird mushrooms and <laughs> the stuff you get in with Asian food that isn't normally sold. Yeah, and I know there's several H Marts kind of on your side of town. I don't know about Nam Dai Moon though. Okay. Have you have you had um the English muffins or any bread products from Dave's Killer Bread? No, I've been seeing that brand on the shelves, but I haven't tried it yet. Yeah, the last time I went to Kroger to get some English muffins, they were sold out of everything. And they had like two packages of Dave's Killer Bread, and I hadn't seen those before. Apparently, um, they redid the recipe or something, and they they may have been gone for a while, and now they're back, like new and improved. And we've gotten the bread version of Dave's Killer Bread before, and it's very good. It's a little more expensive than other brands, but you know, like a dollar. So I tried it. They're very kind of grainy, weedy. Those are the ones that I ended up making um, egg cheese McMuffins out of. Kind of like one of those health conscious kind of brands. Kind of, yeah. It's got uh, quinoa, spelt, rye, millet, and barley. <laughs> but what I thought was funny about these is uh, they don't have nooks and crannies. What they do have, they call butter catching flavor craters. Okay, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that made me laugh out loud when I saw it. But they're good. Yeah, if you like the, the whole grain wheat version, which I don't. <laughs> they were good with eggs and cheese on them. I don't know. I've kind of hit a point where, like, I haven't gone, like, full, like, low-carb or anything, but, like, I try not to load up on bread too much. Like, I mostly use wraps and that sort of thing and just 
J just avoid anything that's heavy on bread to begin with, except pizza, because I could never give up pizza. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of the same way. There's, <clears throat> there are a lot of uh, various types of tortilla packages in my fridge at any given time. Yeah, different types and different sizes for exa exactly that purpose. But yeah, pizza and English muffins. I'm not. I, I can't give up. <laughs> Allison did bring home some kind of Oprah pizza, though, that was made, the crust was made out of cauliflowers, and it wasn't that bad. Yeah, no, I've had some decent <laughs> cauliflower crusts. Um, some of them can be really bad, though, but but I've had some good ones, too. And when I say some kind of Oprah pizza, it literally was Oprah brand pizza. Like I, I knew I, I, I had thought she was doing like actual branded <laughs> food items. Yep. So, so I was not going to challenge you on that. <laughs> oh, this just in. Breaking news. So do you have are, are you a homeowner or, or do you just rent houses with and have roommates? I, I, I do own my place. OK, Um, I am currently in. uh stage i don't know 78 of uh <laughs> regretful homeownership <laughs> this is like the unending catastrophe ongoing catastrophe that is homeownership just like there's always something so la <laughs> yesterday during a zoom meeting <laughs> i hear the this like really loud banging scratching clanging noise coming from the other room the one on on the other side of the wall where the wi-fi is that doesn't yeah yeah and uh and i'm like what the hell is <laughs> and of course i can't you know i can't get up and go see what it is and I'm, so i'm just and then i hear i hear it again but it's not quite as loud and then and then again maybe two more times and uh so finally i get off the call and i go in there and i'm like i expect to see like something has collapsed exploded. or fallen over or exploded i'm like what the heck was that noise and um and i didn't hear it again until in the evening and we're sitting there watching tv and it's there i think there's a a squirrel or some kind of an animal has fallen down my my chimney and is trapped right above my fireplace <laughs> in the bottom of the the chimney liner because it's like trying to climb up the smooth um, metal tube and it can't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, so uh, Allison is <laughs> calling around trying to find somebody who will come out on a Saturday. And she has just texted me and said she found an old guy who says he can come at five or six. We don't, we don't know how much it's going to cost, but you know. <laughs> A, I feel bad for whatever that thing is. And and B, it's if we don't get it out today, it's gonna die and start to smell. It, yeah, that that's that would be horrible for everyone involved. And hopefully, this old guy will um have a a ladder and and go up on the roof and figure out how it got in there in the first place. Because that's that's another thing that's gonna cost money. Like, aren't those? Isn't there supposed to be some kind of screen? Yeah, <laughs> that prevents yeah. the critters from getting in. And if so, what happened to it? that um something fell in 
No, when I first bought my place, there there was a spot where uh, a squirrel had kind of gotten in and nested, and that was like one of the first big things I had to deal with with this house. Where where was that? Like in a wall? Uh, actually, no. You know, um, I think it's called the soffit, like yep. the the underhanging part of the roof. Like it, the vinyl soffit had kind of come down and left an opening, and so there was a squirrel that was like getting in there and running around, like all the way around the perimeter of the house. Oh wow! But not up into the attic. And no, it wasn't getting into the attic. wasn't getting anywhere else. It was just up in the soffit. But like <laughs> eventually, <laps>. like <laughs> I, I I had to to wait for it to to make sure it was not trapped up in there. And then when I was having some other work done, uh, the the contractor also fixed the soffit so it didn't have that opening anymore. Yeah, I I have a a small hole in my soffit. It's it's like plywood, um, but it's where. <laughs> I don't know if I talked about getting my roof replaced a couple of years ago, but, uh, yeah, I was, um, my parents were coming to visit that weekend and I had taken the day off. They were, they were set to arrive that afternoon. Um, and, uh, I was, you know, doing stuff around the house, cleaning and, you know, getting, getting the guest bathroom set up and that kind of stuff. And I get a text from my next door neighbor who says, Hey, I was just out walking the dogs and I saw there's a, um, there's a branch or no, no, it was, he said, there's a hole in your roof (laughs) right in the front, right in the middle. (laughs) And I'm like, um, okay, thanks. I guess. (laughs) So I go out there and look and it is like a, a branch, dead branch had fallen off a tree and had, punctured through the roof and then through the soffit below so it wasn't actually in you know like over the house inside the that the outside wall it was outside of the outside wall which is good because the water that was getting in there was just you know yeah destroying the but soffit. it basically just speared through it this speared little through. section yeah. and it created this huge hole in the roof but this tiny little hole in the in the soffit and i still have yet to get the soffit fixed <laughs> I keep forgetting about it, but we, I mean, as long as the hole's not big enough for anything to get in, like it's it's not critical. It's big enough for like hornets to get in, which is kind of, you know, I keep thinking about it like, oh crap, I gotta, it's such a little thing though. And it's too high up for me to deal with. I suppose I could try climbing out this window right here because it's right there (laughs) and like putting some tape over it or something, but I need to get, I was like, so, so this is the thing that, that spurred the long coming roof replacement (laughs) like the roof needed to be replaced pretty much when we bought the house and we just didn't bother with it for nine years and um every time anybody had to go up there to do something they would come down and be like oh my god you need to get this roof replaced and um but we didn't have any leaks you know other than the one that existed when we bought it that we fixed um it was fine but so we were like okay there's a hole in it now we should probably just go ahead and we had it budget budgeted for and we had the money um, set aside so we went ahead and did it and uh but i was like so can you fix the soffit too, roof guy and they're like no we don't do soffits i'm like but it's it's part of the roof <laughs> it, but it, it can't you just like stuff something in it and maybe he did and maybe that's why we haven't had a problem yeah. but um yeah, no, I, I've noticed some contractors are like extremely specific in what they'll do. I was fortunate in that when I first had to get something major done on the house, 
uh, through a friend that used to live in the area. I, I got hooked up with a very good general contractor who can do pretty much anything I ask him to do. Oh, can you um, email me his information? uh sure i mean he's down in fayetteville so i don't know oh, if he'll range that far north but okay. like it couldn't hurt where <laughs> it's worth a shot yeah yeah i so i still have yet to get the, the tiny hole in the soffit officially fixed but yeah so hopefully um yeah oh god one thing after another i still have you know a hundred something foot tall oak tree laying sideways across all my fence <laughs> That's taking forever to get fixed from the <laughs> tropical storm that happened in October. Yeah. <laughs> but that's on that's on the schedule for March. <laughs> It'll be just over three months that has elapsed. Is that right? November, December. Yeah. No, four. Yeah. Four months. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeez yeah. Louise. I was thinking three's not that bad. Four. Oh, no, what four is terrible. what does time even mean that's anymore? That's true. It's all... Since we're in our houses so much. It's all elastic, yeah. And it, it went over the holidays, too, which I guess, you know, helps. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of home improvement and wintertime, uh, are you ready for Kentucky Man news? Oh, Kentucky Man? <laughs> yes. There's a video that has gone viral. Guy in Kentucky, dressed only in a hat and bathrobe, of course. Uh, casually walked down his driveway carrying a flamethrower and proceeded to um, melt the ice and snow off of his driveway with a flamethrower while drinking beer. And smoking? I think? Yep, smoking a cigar. <laughs> I mean, that just sounds like a good time to me. He's got one of those... um you know, Kyle from South Park hats with the flaps and a kind of skimpy bathrobe, like possibly his wife's or girlfriend's. It's <laughs> not um, very. It, it, it was, as they say, scandalous. Well, his his thighs are exposed. You know, his legs are exposed from, uh, you know, the thigh down. Um He's got black socks on and some kind of shoes. I don't know. They might be Crocs. <laughs> yeah. Timothy Browning from Ashland, Kentucky. Oh, it's slippers. I'm sorry. They're not black shoes. They're slippers. So, yeah, don't try that at home. Now, I don't know if uh, the video stops before he lit his house on fire or he just didn't. But hopefully uh, he just didn't. Like, I feel like that would be part of the story if, like, his whole house burned down as a result of that. <laughs> like, at worst, maybe he singed a corner, and that's the reason why they didn't say anything. <laughs> Apparently, there are pe people driving down the street honking while he's doing this. So that's nice. Way to go, Kentucky man giving florida man a run for his money <laughs> while doing something that florida man uh, uh usually can't do right but has perhaps thought about you never know <laughs> gee i got this here flamethrower <laughs> i got nothing to throw flames at though 
uh, maybe northern Florida <laughs> in the panhandle in a, in a particularly cold and uh, snowy winter. They do get snow every once in a while. Pretty much Hawaii is the only state that never gets snow, right? Yeah, I think that's the case. All right. So, Josh, what did yeah. you want to talk about today? Oh, uh, we were going to talk about media we discovered over the holidays. Uh, that's my, right. my, my two main things, one's a video game, one's a Netflix series. Uh, so the Netflix series is Lupin, which... Is that how you pronounce they, it? <laughs> yeah, based on uh, Arsène Lupin, who's like a fictional, like French, the, the archetypal, like gentleman thief. Uh, it's actually like a French series. Like so far you have the first series of about five, you know, 48 ish minute episodes. Uh, and it's about this character, Asan uh, Diop, who is trying to basically get revenge on this rich family who he blames for the death of his father. And it's just basically a, like, if you're into heist uh, type fiction, like, it's basically one big long heist of, like, him trying to, like, figure out what precisely happened with his dad, figuring out how he can get at this rich family. Uh, and the reason it's called Lupin is his his whole, the way he conducts himself is based on his father gave him a copy of one of the Lupin stories when he was a kid. And so he's kind of patterned his adult life uh, after this. Yeah, this was um, a book series from, uh, created in 1905, from the early 20th century. And then kind of, I know at least to a lot of people my age, probably the most well-known version is there was a Japanese uh, uh, manga creator who went by the moniker Monkey Punch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he he created a character called Lupin Third, who is kind of this grandson of Arsene Lupin. And it became like this big media franchise with like an anime series and it's a long running manga. And that's I, I feel like that's one of the more well-known takes on the character uh for whatever reason like you see a lot of references to lupon in japanese media like apparently they love the concept of the gentleman thief and so it pops up a lot in japanese fiction but but yeah the this lupon series the netflix one is actually like a french created series so it's just for someone like me who's used to this very japanese take on the character it's it it's fun seeing the culture that originated it like sure. you know see their version of it so is it how many seasons do they have just so so far it's just the the one okay. season it's about 5 episodes 48 minutes a piece not a huge time investment i just like shortly before we recorded i got through the second to last episode i still have the last one to go oh so it was just released this month yeah it's it's very recent okay. yeah cool i hadn't even um seen that come up on netflix no, it wasn't. Someone I follow on Twitter had been talking about it, uh, which is why I was aware of it. And, like, I watched the first episode, and I think I was, like, ten minutes in, and I was like, this is amazing. Cool. Because we're... Because, like, the first episode, without giving much away, starts out with him robbing the Louvre. <laughs> 
Ah, uh, you know, just just another day. Like that is the starting point for this series. So, so that gives you a good idea of this guy's skills. Yeah, basically. <laughs> One of my favorite aspects, though, is there are two su- uh, there there are two uh, fake names he uses, and it drove me crazy when I realized it. Both of his fake names are, are anagrams of Arsène Lupin, and like I was like, how are the cops letting him get away with this? How do they keep letting him get away with this? Like, how have they not figured it out? Well, one cop does, but no one takes him seriously. (laughs) You have the one cop who's on to this guy from the beginning, but no one takes him seriously trying to tie a real crime to this fictional thief. (laughs) Because his last name is Clouseau. (laughs) So is this um, subtitled or dubbed? Um, so it's, you do have French with subtitles. There is an English dub, uh, which normally as pro dub as I am for animated things, it feels weird to watch live action stuff dubbed to me. I agree. And depending on your, like, I I found out, like, it will default to the English dubbed, you know, based on your language settings, but uh, I, I switched it to the original French with subtitles right away. Ooh, how do you do that? it's in the netflix menu settings um i can't remember precisely where you should be able to access them from the pause screen i wish i'd figured that out when we watched three seasons of uh uh oh what the heck was that show called the german one (laughs) yeah i know there there's like the french audio is there and there's a way to switch to it but like are you using an Apple-based device? Yep. To Apple TV. I, one thing I've learned from another of my friends who's heavy into the Apple ecosystem is their the controls on a lot of their apps are just ever so slightly different from everywhere else. So I I would not want to lead you down the wrong path by telling you something that's potentially wrong. But but you should be able to get it to the French audio somewhere. It it was a uh, the show Dark. Have you seen that? No, I've heard about it though. That's kind of on my list to check out. It's good. It's good. Um, we watched that whole thing dubbed into English, and we we'd actually got used to it pretty quickly, and didn't mind it that much. And then in the third season, they inexplicably recast many of the voice actors. <laughs> like, and we binged it. So it was like, wait a minute, that's not the same voice. That's not the same. Luckily, it wasn't too many of the main characters. It was like all of the bunch of supporting cast. Yeah, it was a little jarring though. That that's still weird when a dub does that, even if it's an animated dub, just to suddenly have a character voice change. But I didn't even. It didn't even occur to me until that third season that hey, maybe. Is there a way that we can watch this with subtitles and not dubbed? And I, I thought I looked. I tried googling it, and but I don't remember if I did or if I did what I found. But yeah, I mean, I know. Yeah, I know. With the Roku, it was easy enough to switch over. So I assume there should be a way on Apple. I just again, I know like that controls with the Apple versions of apps are usually ever so slightly different. 
because we're going to need to find something new to watch shortly. Right now, we're on um, Apple TV Plus, The Servant, the M. Night Shyamalan produced. I think he directed the first episode, but that was the limit of his you know, actual involvement. But it's pretty good. I like it. It's the, in that I style. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I will say, like, for a long time, I thought M. Night Shyamalan was kind of at the end of his creativity after Unbreakable, but, like, not gonna lie, I really liked uh, Split and Glass, uh, the follow-ups to Unbreakable. Those I haven't seen. I, I kind I mean, of... You, I mean, you... you you already know that like they're tied into unbreakable yes. like but but like when i went into split i didn't know about the tie in until like much until i was like halfway through the movie yeah i wasn't aware of it until um what was the the third one came out glass glass yeah that split had anything to do with either of them yeah yeah i kind of, i tried sticking with him after unbreakable and i quite liked a lot of a lot of his his movies that came so, I mean, during that is... middle period but at some point i just kind of yeah gave up well and it's one of those things like some of the stuff after unbreakable is entertaining uh but like i think it was a i don't think anything he made in that middle period is as good as unbreakable or sixth sense. Right. Like he kind of hit big with those and then like a long period of figuring out where to go from there. <laughs> yeah. I liked signs. That was one of the ones that got repeated on television a lot. And I found that you could, or I could watch that over and over. It was one of those movies. I didn't ever, never understood the hate that that one got. I, I will say, like, he is, uh, there's been some TV stuff he's been involved with as, like, a producer that I've been a fan of, so, like, he seems to still be good at, like, recognizing, like, good projects from others and trying to to get those pushed, because I don't know, are you familiar with the series Wayward Pines? <laughs> That's what it's called! <laughs> I am because we watched it, and uh, I have been unable to remember <laughs> the, the title, the, the word "wayward," because Allison and I have have always referred to it since it ended as "disappointing pines," to the point that I forgot what the word "disappointing" was replacing yeah. until just now when you reminded me that it was "wayward." Well, and I will say I do love the first season. The second season, it maybe should have stopped before that. But Whoa, like, wait I, a minute, there was a second season. You didn't know about that? <laughs> I thought it got canceled. No, no, because they they're kind of they they followed even though they put their kind of own take on certain elements. I I think they got through effectively the whole book trilogy that it's based on. Oh. No, I we I just remember the the first season ended with a, a, everything that happened was undone and it kind of got reset and it was going to happen over again. And I'm like, even if there is a second season, I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> just based on that alone. Yeah, the the second season kind of uh picks up like a little bit after the end of the first season where like the son of the main character from the first season is kind of a rebel leader kind of uh, fighting against the people currently in control of Wayward Pines. 
Now, that actor has been in something else since then that's been big. I'm trying to think. I don't even know his name. Maybe I'm remembering. So they didn't have, like, Matt Dillon didn't come back. It was just the secondary characters. Um, you have some of the major characters from the uh, the the first season that pop up again. It, it's it's kind of implied that when the first generation took control, as seen at the end of the first season, they forced a lot of the the major characters from the first season back into suspension. Yeah. Oh, he M Knight did direct the pilot episode. Yeah, he he was the he was a big figure in getting that show to TV. It's one of those things like I'll never fully defend the ending. Like I I think it was one of those series that was better at setting up this great mystery than like when it finally had to reveal the mystery, but like I very much enjoyed it up until that last episode of the first season. Yeah, that's kind of the the thing that's starting to irritate me about The Servant is that it it's it's all there's this mystery and here are several different aspects to this mystery, and we keep adding things, but you never actually can really figure out what's happening or have any idea what's going on. Oh, maybe it looks like this is what's happening. Oh, but now something else comes along that totally contradicts that, and they just keep doing that, and I'm like, they better there better be a, some kind of a payoff, and they have to do it at the end of each season. Yeah, they have to th- give us th- some th- kind of a payoff, because otherwise I'm going to be mad. I'm, it's going to be, you know, the disappointment instead of the servant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there there are definitely some shows that have that problem where they're so great at posing these questions, but then you realize at some point when they are not answering them, like they haven't, the writers don't know what the answers are yet, and it's probably going to be real disappointing when they do. <laughs> yeah, the actor who I was thinking of that plays the son, Charlie Tahan, I don't T A H A N, he he plays Wyatt in uh, Ozark. Have you, do you watch Ozark? I, I have not. That, that, that's another one that's kind of on the list. Because I, I have heard good things about it. Definitely check out Ozark. I think the next season... Is the next season the last one on that one, too? Seems like a lot of good shows are coming out with their final season soon. Or next. Whenever that happens to be. <laughs> Yeah, and then the uh, the main video game that's been taking so much of my time. It's it's an <laughs> early access game, which means very incomplete and buggy. But it's this game that like started popping up all over YouTube called Phasmophobia, which you're basically a group of ghost hunters trying to like you go to various locations and you're trying to collect evidence to identify the type of ghost in a location. Uh, and then over time, like the ghost gets increasingly angry at your presence <laughs> and will even try to kill you. Uh, and it, it, it's one of those games where like, it kind of came out of nowhere. And I think it's like a very small development team, but like, it's a blast to play with friends. As you're just you're you're all trying to find this ghost room and not get killed has like before you start a hunt like you have to buy all your equipment and outfit the truck and if the person who fronted the equipment uh dies during the hunt like that money is lost <laughs> so is it like a realistic 
ghost hunter equipment or is it more fantasy ghostbusters type ghost hunting equipment well so you're you're just there to to identify the room the ghost is mostly centered around and figure out what kind it is it is implied in some of like the the background text you see that like there is a ghost disposal team that like who knows what they're doing the stuff you're using for the ghost hunting stuff is like it's a lot of the typical things you see in like real life ghost hunting shows real life air quotes (laughs) but um like the temp guns the emf readers like stuff like that night vision or whatever yeah yeah (laughs) this says crucifixes and ouija boards (laughs) yep you you can find ouija boards uh on some of the maps like it's a random spawn and when you ask the ouija board a question like the ghost may choose to answer, the ghost may not, or it may just get mad and immediately go on the attack. <laughs> <laughs> like the Ouija board, like using the Ouija board in the game is a very high risk proposition. Some of the ghosts don't like the Ouija board, huh? Uh, Yeah, and, and some, so like kind of the closest thing to a measure of health you have in the game is like you have a sanity meter and as your sanity gets lower (laughs) like the ghost will manifest more often and go on the attack more often uh and using the ouija board like with most types of ghosts causes a huge drop in your sanity stat (laughs) oh that sounds fun so this is uh pc on Steam. It's yeah, it's PC only right now. Has it? Um, there's a lot of voice recognition stuff in it that it uses uh, Cortana for. Which oh, okay. Is only for the moment. Um, and there's a VR version which I I've got my stuff so that I can set up to try it. I hear it's a lot scarier that way played in VR. I have not tried it myself yet, though. I'm looking forward to it. Now, what what stuff is that that you have to do that with? Uh, so I have an Oculus Quest okay. headset, which is normally a standalone thing, but there's a cable. Uh, you, you can use a cable to hook it to your PC for use with PC-bound games. So yep. I have the cable, I just haven't finished the setup yet. Okay. The Wikipedia here says that uh, support for Oculus Quest is a goal that they have, but you're saying that it's possible now. Well, it's possible now, like, what that means is they want to do an actual, like, Oculus Quest version that you can just buy and download it directly to the Quest, but using a, the proper cable, you can hook your Quest to the PC and use it like the Oculus Rift headset, which is one of the main PC-bound models. Okay. How much, uh, yeah, that does sound like that would be... (laughs) This this would be a very good application. I I, I will say like like it only costs like I bought it on sale, but like regular price, it's only fifteen bucks. And uh, last time I checked my Steam stats, I've put a hundred and twenty hours into the game, and I've probably put about fifteen more in since then. it's just it's become one of those things that me and some of my friends like just. That's what we do at the end of our workday to unwind yeah. is is play a little bit of phasmophobia. 
and they're updating it all the time like you know as like i said it's an early access title that means it's effectively in beta so they're constantly fine-tuning things cool yeah how much do you say you you use your oculus um, I mean, off and on, like the, I actually use it for as kind of an exercise thing a lot because there's a game called Beat Saber, which is basically it's a rhythm game in which you're like slashing uh, blocks that come at you with sabers in time to to music. And there's I've a lot seen, of like, popular this, music. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Beats Beat Saber's a lot of fun, and it's like a decent workout if you get into it. Uh, so, so I, I, you know, I use it a few times a week for that alone. So what do you use for the saber or anything? You just have a thing controller controller. Yeah, in your you, hand you, or... you have like the dual Oculus controllers okay. that just like when you're in the headset, they're projecting like lightsaber beams, and because of the the feedback you have in the handles, oh right, like, yeah, you, you you can actually kind of feel it when you're slashing through the blocks. I forgot about the the what is it haptic feedback? Yeah. Yeah, um, guest host Jim was on recently, and I guess uh, his son got an Oculus Quest Two for Christmas, and he said he tried. He tr- he's like, I tried this thing, <laughs> and this thing is amazing. <laughs> and, and it's kind of wild, like with the the feedback on the controllers, like in Beat Saber. If I cross uh, my sabers, which there's nothing physical there touching, right. like it actually feels like the things in your hands are touching each other. Like there's resistance. That it, it, it like gives the illusion of resistance that like is very like believable. Yeah. Yeah, that's what that's what I was thinking of, like the resistance and and the weight. Not that you know a laser sword would have weight that you could feel hanging out yeah. ahead of your hand but that makes sense i forgot about haptics and the fact that you're holding controllers because i've never played one of those it does sound very fun though Hmm. (laughs) now if they could just you know work that into our our zoom meetings (laughs) for work (laughs) hey it i need a oculus quest (laughs) 2 don't ask questions just do it Well, that sounds fun. Got anything else that you want to talk about? Um, I so like the other new thing I've been watching. Uh, it's an anime series uh, called Higarashi yes. when they cry. Um, so like this is like a kind of a long running at this point multimedia franchise. It's a horror series. Uh that it's basically a group of kids at a rural school and kind of like the POV characters, the new kid in town. Uh, And like, it starts out innocent enough, but, and like, you know, kind of mildly spoilery, but like this franchise has been around long enough that like most people know, or kind of already are made aware of this early enough. So like, these kids are experiencing like the same month uh, in the 1980s over and over again. And like the different loops, the main common facet in addition to the characters is like always kind of goes off the rails with madness and murder by the end of it. <laughs> and um, it gets, it's pretty gory, isn't it? Like they, yeah, oh, they've, it, had, it, they've had to censor it. I was well, reading. And, and, 
as it gets kind of has like it's these cutesy anime kids uh like murdering each other basically uh and so they're going through this loop over and over again and so there there was a previous anime of it like i want to say like so so it started out as like it was a it was a game then it was a manga then they made the anime series and the end of the anime series like it gets to the point where they you know supposedly like managed to escape the loop uh and then recently they announced what was originally presented as a remake of the anime kind of one that would be more true to you know the original source but there's like in the second episode there's a bunch of stuff that implies like no this is a continuation and they've been sucked back into the loop after (laughs) thinking they had escaped yeah was it the original anime version that they they think kind of inspired some actual crimes and that's why uh they had to like go in and I, I believe that's what happened. Yeah, like, like, like I, the original anime when it was coming out caused a lot of concern because, like, you know, it starts out with the you know cutesy visuals and daily happy life in this rural town, and then you know, few episodes in, the the blood and the murder starts happening. Wow! So they're stuck in a time loop in the eighties. Uh, it's uh, July 83, I think, is the specific month that keeps repeating. Yeah, you're definitely going to want to check out Dark on Netflix then. <laughs> Some similar things might be happening. I'm trying to see if like that, that was inspired by this. Yeah, you never know. It, it's not like, you know, horror time loop type stuff. Like, I don't think Kigarashi originated that or anything, though it probably True. popularized it in recent times. It could just be they combined that with the um, 80s nostalgia. So they included yeah. the 80s as one of the time periods because there are many. Well, unlike I know with Higurashi, like 83 made a lot of sense as it would explain. It, it explains like why no cell phones? Why could no one get help through all this? That sort of thing. <laughs> like, yeah. I feel like that's become common in general. Like, for for a certain type of horror media, like set it in the past to avoid dealing with the issue of how much cell phone prevalence would change everything. Oh sure, yeah, I think that that might be why the uh, was it like late seventies and early eighties was kind of the heyday of horror movies. Oh, another that actually reminds me another a horror movie I watched recently. Uh, which I primarily watch. So, like, there's the whole Five Nights at Freddy's franchise. And then uh, there was a trailer that came out recently for uh, Willy's Wonderland, which is kind of like a knockoff Freddy's thing starring Nick Cage (laughs) that looks like a blast. Like, him trapped in a building overnight with a bunch of murderous animatronics. Oh, boy. Um, So, because I watched the trailer, I watched, so, a couple of years ago... There was the Banana Splits movie. Uh, do you know what the Banana Splits are? No. It it was like this cute. It was this kid like musical mascot kid show from like the seventies. I think was the heyday of it. Yeah, maybe uh, before my so, time. So, 
so, yeah, it was, I'm aware of it because I saw it in like reruns when I was little type thing, but they made a comedy horror movie huh. based on the banana splits a couple of years ago where they like, instead of being people in suits, they're animatronics and they go all murderous when they find out their show has been canceled <laughs> because kind of like... one of their directives is the show must go on. Yeah. It's kind of like, uh, Chuck E. Cheese characters, sort of. I never heard of the Banana Splits before, like the original. That's weird. Yeah, it, it's it. It was something I was only vaguely aware of as like something I would catch on late night reruns every once in a great while. Um, but yeah, that that movie just because I was in the mood for some animatronic driven horror, was <laughs> just that that was a trip. Yeah, I can see watching this. <laughs> oh they were a band is that right yeah like there was a lot of music that as part of the original show oh it was a sid and marty croft thing oh that i did not know offhand oh and it was uh yeah 1968 to 1970 so that's yeah that explains although you saw it in reruns so I mean, you know how it was, like, when I was a kid in the early 80s, like, a lot of stuff from, like, random earlier periods would show up in the yeah. like, syndicated rerun channels. Oh, yeah. And some people saw some things and other people saw yeah. other things and, you know. Like, I never I never saw much of the Sid and Marty Croft stuff. Like, I don't know if they just didn't play it up in Wisconsin or what. Yeah, no, I, I'm passingly familiar with some of the Sid and Marty Croft stuff. So what was the... I the... mean, well, I, I was going to say, yeah, like, I'm just thinking back to some of the random stuff I watched via reruns as a kid in the 80s, and I remember, like, watching a lot of Laugh-In. Like, that was a big one. A lot of I Love Lucy. Yep, Laugh-In and I Love Lucy were on for me. Because I, I think those were kind of the anchors of the Nick at Night block back <laughs> That's when what that it was. still existed. It was, yeah. <laughs> oh nick at night oh, i was gonna ask you about the what was the the nick cage movie willie's wonderland so you saw this or it, it's coming out it's coming out okay. uh february 12th uh and i wasn't aware of this apparently it's been in the works for a while and it was originally like i think it was originally called wally's wonderland but someone had a trademark on that but yeah, it, it, I think my favorite aspect of the whole thing. So do you remember Chicken Soup for the Soul? That kind of like vaguely inspirational yeah. kind of line of books and whatnot. This is their media company that funded this. Really? Yeah. That seems strange. <laughs> no, it's super strange. When I saw that uh, as part of the trailer, it was like Chicken Soup for the Soul Media or whatever, like the the multimedia company is called. I was like, boy, that like I'm glad they did this. This seems like really off brand for them. Yeah, because yeah, I'm familiar with the uh, that that kind of inspirational self help aspect, but they also make pet food because <laughs> we tried their their dog food for a while with i think the previous dog you know, that... i i am very much looking forward to willie's wonderland when it comes <laughs> out 
And, and it's there's even the moment where you're seeing him fighting one of the animatronics and it has the line they're not trapped in or he's not trapped in here with them they're trapped in here with him like <laughs> implying that Nick Cage is the biggest threat in the building. <laughs> oh, is that coming uh to streaming or is it going to be like scheduled to be released through video on demand on february 12th where can people watch hiragashi higurashi higurashi um (laughs) i i would assume i know crunchyroll's normally good for a lot of the recent stuff if you're watching subtitled i've been watching the dub uh via funimations streaming since they're the ones dubbing it cool I'm going to have to check at least some of these out. It sounds very fun. Yeah, and I will say regarding Lupin, as I said, I watched the second to last episode right before we recorded, and I'm probably going to, like, <laughs> as soon as we're done here, immediately step out and watch the last the, the <laughs> season finale. Well, high praise for Lupin, then. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm going to lobby for that one for the next thing we watch. Because I think before, yeah, we were, what the heck? I can't even remember what the last thing we binged was. But we do that. We binge things, and then all of a sudden, we have nothing to watch, and we have to pick something. And it's this, like, laborious checking through different services and looking things up online. And it's like, why don't we have, you know, a queue? I think it's because we're two people. We can never make make a decision. (laughs) I will say for me, like one of my rules of thumb is when in doubt, look for a goofy, like B horror movie. You can never go wrong with that. Yeah. Allison's not really into that kind of stuff. No, that's fair. That's fair. She also can't stand anything animated, which Mm. blows my mind. (laughs) Yeah. Whereas like at least like probably 70% of what what I watch is animated. (laughs) But like why? Like, what is it? She can't even explain what it is about animation. She just doesn't like it. I I do think, (laughs) I know, like, depending on your generation, like, I know some people, like, have that perception of, like, animation's all kids stuff. Right. Whereas that is most certainly not the case anymore, but... (laughs) And she knows that. She just, you know... But but I think if you grow up with that thought in your head, it kind of sticks, even when logically you know otherwise. Maybe. Who can say? But then again, I also like I'm loving the new Netflix has a new Transformers series that's basically a love letter to Generation One, which I am very much enjoying. And what's that called? Uh, Transformers. Uh, it's the War for Cybertron trilogy. Uh, it's going to be three seasons, about six episodes apiece. The first two seasons are out. And they've been out for a little while, because I think you've mentioned that on the show before. Yeah, the first season came out a while ago. Second season just came out beginning of this month. Okay. Yeah, the War for Cybertron trilogy. You had the first season was Siege, second season is Earthrise, and third season's going to be called Kingdom when it comes out. Cool. Well, we have, uh, I think that's a show. 
and we need to let you go so you can go watch the last episode of <laughs> Lupin. <laughs> and also get ready for uh, for D&D night. No, that not this isn't the Mirth campaign. I was going to ask a different character. <laughs> will not be the Mirthquake tonight. I will be my 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 druid who is basically the team healer slash team mom basically <laughs> tries to keep everyone else alive. So uh, everyone will have to settle for mom quake. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. Well, Josh, thank you. Thanks for having me again. It was fun as always. And everybody go check out all of those things we talked about on various streaming platforms and gaming platforms. <laughs> go get all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Especially the Oculus Quest. Because I hear that's um, super awesome, amazing. And you can you can watch movies on it. If, yeah. if well, as Jim said, you want to watch a movie that looks like it's being projected onto a 40 foot wall right in front of you. Yeah, basically, <laughs> I, 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 the, the, there's an app called Big Screen that, yeah, like that's its entire purpose is to get the theater experience when you can't get the theater experience. Oh, cool. All right. I'm going to go deal with um whatever crazy wildlife is stuck inside a void in my house. <laughs> And Josh is going to go watch Lupin and play some D&D? Yeah. All right. Oh, yes. So they can find us at nerdburgershow.com and email nerdburgershow at protonmail.com. Join us next time on Nerdburger when Mike remembers to write an outro. Or possibly the next time on Nerdburger, after that, when Mike finally remembers to write an outro. Or potentially half a dozen or so episodes after that, when Mike really does remember to write an outro. Or maybe the final episode of Nerdburger, whenever that happens to be, is when Mike remembers. You'll just have to keep listening to find out. Exactly. Exactly.